This is your host, Pete Moore, and I am pleased and humbled to announce the launch of my one and only book, Time to Win Again, 52 Takeaways from Playing and Watching Team Sports to Ensure Your Business Success. Those of you who know me personally and anyone who listens to Halo Talks for any length of time know that I am an avid sports fan and a big believer in the value of team sports. What I've seen over the past 25 years, helping businesses grow, raising capital, being an entrepreneur myself, and coaching and mentoring executives in the sector, it's the lessons learned on the field perfectly apply to business. Entrepreneurs, executives, managers, you name it. Every company that's a strong company has got a good team. It's a quick read. There's awesome illustrations in there from our good friend, Mark, at Cruelty Freak Cartoons. If you go to IntegritySQ.com, enter your email address, and we will send you information on the book and the Entrepreneur's Survival Kit as well. Be great. Take names. Go Halo. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC, coming in from San Francisco, making people happy, a billion people at a time. Anthony Diaz is going to tell us how the health insurance and the landscape is going to change because we're going to change behavior. So, Anthony, good to have you on the show. Absolutely. Now, great, great to be here, Peter. I really appreciate the time. Awesome. So give us a little background on how you... Uh, came to uh, go health hero and um, you know, how you turn just a passion into a profession. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'm your non-traditional kind of like startup trope. I uh, didn't go to Stanford, Harvard, work at Facebook, Google, or vice versa. Any of that? I don't know any of that. Um, I'm New right. Rican. I'm Puerto Rican descent. I uh, grew up uh, watching benevolently my father care for a generation that typically is forgotten. Nursing home in Brooklyn is where he worked at. It was a really good nursing home. He was a dietitian and uh, head nutritionist there. I got to see him help elderly people through food and nutrition. And so that that's in my DNA. And um, he inspired me heavily to, to focus in that area or just I saw the passion in him and I just naturally gravitate towards helping people. Right. Um, my dad was very spiritual as well. My dad passed away from heart disease and that put a big fire in my belly. But uh, but yeah. Awesome. So, you know, as you look at um, behavior changes, you know, I'd say some of the behavior changes are very positive. I think people from, uh, you know, the pandemic have definitely understood that if you're obese, you know, you're probably at much higher risk of uh, ending up in the hospital or, or leaving the planet. Um, but on the same side, you still got supersized meals. You've got casual restaurants that are expanding the size of their uh, booths to accommodate larger people. So do you think we finally hit this breaking point, you know, of people taking better care of themselves and money flowing in to the preventive side? I think so. I think so. So yeah, our belief at Health Hero is uh, behavior is everything, but life gets in the way, media gets in the way, uh, self-control gets in the way. And so our core belief is, you know, will is everything, willpower, and, you know, but what is the source of willpower? Why does one need to have a strong will about guarding their own behaviors and standards to, you know, great movement, great fitness, eating lots of plants, eat, eating lots of plants and veggies and, and, and fitness and mindfulness and spirituality is very important. But what do you align your will to? And so we believe in a, in a deeper sense that we're entering a modern area 
that it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a spiritual thing more than anything, uh, these days and people get broken spirits. And sometimes that results in them losing jobs and other things. So, so that I, I think we are at a nexus point behavior wise, but, uh, there's, you know, we're all wired with fun and games. And so that's the, that's the high road we take at health hero. We take uh, gamification and, and uh, health engagement very seriously. And, uh, you provide those elements, you, you can change behaviors. And we, we, we've seen that we've done that. We continue to do that. Yeah. So give us a little background on a, a typical client and, uh, yeah. you know, give us the, you know, everyone talks about gamification, but, you know, it sounds like you've kind of, you know, figured out the special sauce. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I mean, I think it, it goes back to my background. So um, manage mental health care out of school. So when my dad inspired me to go into this area, you know, I built encoded claim systems and manage mental health care uh, for the largest managed mental health care company. So we got to see a lot of uh, how health has changed from a mental perspective. And when someone declines, it's it's usually uh, life circumstances, social determinants of health that affect that. And uh, But I also grew up in Brooklyn playing a lot of video games and, and everything. And so I had no choice but to weave that into my day. And we're having a lot of fun. And that's transpired in supporting an average client that's like uh, we're supporting 4,200 plus clients around the world. And I also have a background in uh, marketing uh, technology at Nielsen. And what, when I was at Nielsen, what we understood is about reach, reach, resonance, and reaction. And so design your products to reach people. Everyone's working and typing in Microsoft Teams, Slack, or Salesforce daily to communicate. 97% of the planet are using those apps. So put a fun health engagement app right there in center, and you're going to get high participation. That experiment has turned out amazing throughout COVID in this remote dispersion economy we're in. And so basically companies, small, medium, and large are coming to us daily. They type in employee wellness, they download the app in Microsoft Teams, Slack, or Salesforce. It's free up to 10 users and they don't have to upgrade, but if they do, they want more users, they pull out their corporate credit card and we rinse and repeat from there. Yeah. So, you know, you've been doing this since uh, 2015. Uh, there's probably a lot of competitors that um, sprouted up in, you know, March, 2020. You know, so how do you kind of sell the fact that, you know, look, we've been, we've got experience with this. Um, we've kind of nailed it. This isn't something you just kind of, you know, do with your employees as a test, you know, with, with a startup. Yeah, there's a there, we're playing in a blue ocean space and one that that it's not an easy decision for a lot of the employee wellness platform companies, digital health companies, patient engagement, health. Um, companies to go at. But one belief of what we do that's different is social determinants of health. And it's a fancy term out there in the market, but we believe in something deeper than that called spiritual determinants of health, that base physiological needs, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that bottom foundational layer of the need for employment, education, food, shelter, mental, great mental health, nothing else is going to work out unless that foundation is there. That usually gets disrupted by um, disabilities, mental health, you know, alcoholism, drug abuse, and life events, people losing a, a child, losing a parent, and people don't realize that. But to get at that data, it's a very awkward question to ask people. But if you do it in the context of fun and games and through employee wellness programs and patient engagement programs that work through Epic, Cerner, EHRs, Microsoft, Salesforce, you can get at that data. So we're going the high road using fun and games for our bot that's coded once, deployed many to ask those questions while people are getting points, connecting their Apple Health or Fitbit. And uh, we solve for those problems as well down those zip code levels. So if you're hungry, we're giving you an offer. And 99% of the other cats in the market don't do that. And um, that's how we're different. So we had a guy on our show who's good friends with uh, Dave Gannelin, um, a guy named Matt Richter. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, he doesn't like going to a health club because he feels like every time he goes to sign up, there's a, uh, a challenge or they're going to tell him how much weight he's going to lose and, and he never loses it. 
So he kind of, you know, made it very simple to us and said, look, just make it fun. You know, I play tennis because it's fun. You know, I yeah. go out and I, uh, you know, I go to a walk around the park or I play a, you know, pickup game of soccer. Uh, Cause it's fun, you know, and, right. and, you know, the gaming industry, I was just in Arizona with my uh, adopted nephew, we'll call him Ashton. Um, you know, he's got 10, 12 friends on, you know, his, uh, his gaming and right. he uses that as a break from playing sports. Um, right. You know, so, you know, gaming, I think, you know, started off as a sedentary uh, activity. And I think it's now turning into more of a social activity and also, yeah. you know, infusing fitness and exercise. So what, what are your thoughts on the future of that? I think it's, I think it's an amazing future right now. You know, if you think of the concept of how we're wired as humans and what drives us to evolve and to grow and to be social, it's these subtle gamification, you know, reward benefit elements. And the more that you can make things social and competitive and fair and set rules and conditions and get something in return, it triggers this natural thing in our DNA to be able to collect, to compete, to challenge each other, and to get rewarded for the efforts that we're doing, either from a calorie perspective, a step perspective, and that's natural in there. The sinful thing, kind of, if you look at video games, they hijack that that ability in our DNA and our yearn to do that. So our goal at Healthier is to re-hijack that and to reinvert that in the right way because there's so much energy in that. And if you do that and you align that properly, you can change behaviors. And so all that energy is being escaped right now into these virtual metaverses where you don't really get much in return. If anything, you're getting a you know bad glycemic index by sitting in your chair all day and gaming. And so it's there. It's just we're re-hijacking, refunneling that, rechanneling that. So you're getting rewarded on all different dimensions, intrinsically and extrinsically. So 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 how much of the um use of the gamification is uh, because people know it's it's good for them and you know they're trying to better their uh, routine and how much of it is you know peer pressure in a good peer pressure i think what we we you know we believe business wise you know the way i was raised business wise was you know design your business to have as many network effects as possible but but when you apply gamification tactics with rewards for dollars back on your paycheck for doing healthy things like a health risk assessment, biometric screening, competitions, challenges. You compound that with a, a, glo a global leaderboard on a global perspective, but also on an overall perspective, allow teams to compete with each other, individuals to compete with each other, add different dimensions for people to compete with each other. So you make it fair. So someone doesn't want to compete against steps. Maybe they want to compete against nutrition or mindfulness or, you know, their ability to, to, to just do other different types of activities. And if you make it social, you have a network effect in the behavior and in the game in itself. So we think that those combinations are important. And then along the way, we sprinkle our bot that's coded once that is smart, uses NLP, will sprinkle and add these moms, you know, these subtle empathetic mom type questions. No difference than, you know, Peter, me and you, me and, you know, you're going to, you know, probably talk to your parent or I'm going to talk to my parent in the next, two, uh, you know, two days or, or ideally today. I actually just talked to her a little while ago. Well, I talked to her 20 minutes ago. So there hey, you go. So what's the context of your, your mom conversation and my mom conversation? How are you doing? Struggling with anything? And then we're listening to any tone or sentiment and personality elements relative to anything that may be struggling, any stress or anxiety in the voice. Our bot does that at scale and uh, hard to really awkward and creepy to do that in isolation. If you're not embedding that in, in the context of gamification. I want to take a minute and tell our audience about two awesome workout recovery products I've been using for the last 18 months from higherdose.com leader in infrared technology for athletes like all of us are. We're an investor in the company 
That's not why I'm telling you this. I'm telling you this because it works. You got an infrared sauna blanket. I hop in there, I'll listen to some podcasts, burn 800 calories, get a mad detox. And a PEMF, which is a pulsed electromagnetic field crystal mat that I lay on and I recalibrate my cells to the normalized level of the earth. If you got somebody you like and you're looking for a pretty awesome gift, they will love it. You could use this code HALO75, get $75 off and you will not be disappointed. Hiredose.com, promo code HALO75. And now let's get back to our regularly scheduled program. So, you know, as you look at, you know, Apple and, you know, them kind of putting more of the tools in the hands of the user, um, you've got all these healthcare companies that are saying that they're trying to reduce, you know, their healthcare costs. Uh, I'm not sure their business model actually ascribes to that. Uh, we, we had a podcast with a guy named Les Morales, who we should introduce you to. Yeah. Um, you know, th- this is basically the only industry where you get a procedure done and you don't know what it costs until afterwards, which is right. pretty crazy. Um, you know, do you view, you know, Apple obviously is, is pretty steadfast on saying the privacy of that data is your data. Um, other companies are basically mining that uh, for revenue sources. You know, where do you think things kind of, you know, settle out over time? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Yeah, one of these elements I mentioned, and Lester's right. Yeah, um, one of these elements I actually just talked about in a clubhouse session uh, about decentralization and why that's important in this modern world. So if you look at the healthcare industry, it's been tacked on along the years. And let's just not get into controversy and anything saying that it's an inverted system, but it's an improperly stack-built system that has compounded over decades. And, it, and then now it's reflective. It's just like, the system doesn't work. Well, what if you were to deconstruct it and work backwards? You would have, you know, monetizing of individuals' user data to be more decentralized in a modern version of the health record that people can consent to different people. So my dentist doesn't need to know all the chapters of my health story, maybe the last two. My primary mm-hmm. care needs to definitely know most of my last chapters of my health story, but maybe my specialist over here just needs one aspect. So being able to consent, control their data, house it. We think the Apple health record is really phenomenal, but you know that, that also negates though all the Google users that don't use Apple health. So how do you have something that's consumer control, decentralization, blockchain helps a lot with that, consenting as well. We've taken a lot of our gamification elements and we kind of commoditize and tokenize them to be on the consumer front. That's a whole other separate episode in itself, but decentralization, consenting, and also if you want to be involved in different healthcare studies or health studies that are out there, you should get monetized for that as well. So enabling consumers to do that as well is really important. Obviously, the smart uh, element, the artificial intelligence of our bot, that's an important component. But if you built a United Healthcare backwards or you built a Kaiser Permanente in reverse, that's exactly the playbook we're running. Literally build it in reverse. And so you start off with health engagement. You start off with virtual health plans. We have partners that are um, that give us a 50-state spread of virtual health. Telehealth is getting commoditized, but what if you were to stack virtual primary care on top of a gamified health engagement platform? That's what we are. That's what we're doing. And then you start to become, well, does it make sense to charge hundreds of more dollars for, for health insurance, which is really based? Or can you come up with a product that's a little bit more relative for the modern person that needs to keep another 200 to 400 bucks in their pocket based on inflation these days? The answer for us is the latter. And just put that front and center, make it community driven, make it smart, decentralized, decentralized, gamified, 
and you really have something that uh, makes more sense in the modern world without all that legacy cost that you know the Uniteds and the Kaisers haven't built. We got a lot of love for those companies. We're inspired by them, but uh, literally, our algorithm is very simple: just build it, build them in reverse, and you can do it with uh, a fraction of the capital. Yeah. So you know, how do you think those companies are handling you know the pace of innovation? And mm-hmm. you know, when they talk to a company like yours, are you a potential partner? Are you a collaborator? Are you a risk or a threat? Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, you take your traditional eighth slide on a, on a slide deck, the competitive landscape, and you put the X and Y on there. So uh, I would say very minimally right now, a direct competitor, I think indirect and obtuse is where you categorize us, where, you know, one of our first investors was, was a blue, right? And we built our product to be like a private label offering. So health insurance companies can top down release these private label experiences for their customers. And so that architecture has been there from the get-go. So, you know, we do a, a call with, uh, you know, a PEO company or, you know, EAP company or health insurance company or broker once a day that wants to use our private label product. So there's absolutely a, a harmonious opportunity there. We sell that not for a small ticket item as well, right? That's kind of almost like a sell the company type of deal. So these are big mega deals we're working on. And so they look at us, the, pay, the pace of, uh, the appetite is large, right? These large companies have no appetite to carve out 30 people in a room for nine months to run an experiment. They just look at a company like us and say, oh, they got reach, they got efficacy, it's fun. They already architected it to work with a company like ours. It's just a matter of just evaluating this company and and inking it, right? So um, that's the way we look at innovation. It's just hard for these companies to innovate that fast. Uh, For us, if you build and architect things at the right way and the right foundation, it just, it just, um, yeah, makes more sense. So, yeah. So shifting gears to being, uh, you know, an entrepreneur and working in industry of this size and scope, you know, a sales cycle with a a hospital group or an insurance company is probably the longest sales cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, health club industry is, you know, you make a sale if you can actually get the owner on the phone, Um, you know, (laughs) software sales anywhere between six to 12 months. So how do you, you know, as a type A hard charging entrepreneur to all entrepreneurs on the, uh, in the audience here, kind of, you know, pace yourself and understand that mm-hmm. I'm making progress. We got a pipeline. If somebody tries to get a pipeline tomorrow, they're going to be X number of months behind us. You know, how, how do you yeah. kind of manage that internal, you know, conflict, if you will? Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm like a neo hippie, uh, natural, like I'm all into natural. I'm, I'm, I'm a vegan. I think of things in basic principles and kind of simply, right. But the net net is to sell in today's enterprise world, you have to not sell. And what you mean, what we mean by that is make it viable. And we did that. In COVID, it ushered in this phenomenon, this dispersion economy where everyone's working remote. So just make the product consumer friendly. There's no dog and pony show. You find us on an app store because you're looking for health engagement. You download the app, you try it, upgrade or don't, pull out your credit card or don't. And if you do, great. You know, fast forward nine months later, 4,200 companies on our platform with a good, healthy conversion rate every single day. You just make your product awesome and fun to use. The enterprise user is a consumer and they're using engaged apps on the front page of their iPhone. So you have to be just as engaged as those things. And that's it. And then the selling you do, there really is no selling. I mean, we do have to get on the phone with some of these, um, you know, companies for some of these big mega deals. But it's just telling our story and our stats. But there's so many opportunities. We'll turn our feet very quickly to, to the other direction because there's no need to, right? No one has attention span anymore. And uh, we're not into the business of wanting to jump on planes and do the, the sushi dinners and steak dinners to anchor that 
you know, still be at the 90% mark at the nine month sales cycle mark to start try and sign a deal. It's better just, you know, for handle it virtually. So, so volume's the name of the game, consumer's the name of the game. And, um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's how we sell. You just make your product viable and that's it. Awesome. Yeah. Last question on how you manage the business. Um, you know, what, what are some of the KPIs that you focus on? Cause you kind of got an interesting spot in the yeah. ecosystem. Yeah. I think KPIs for me, net promoter score is most important because, you know, it echoes that consumer. So you got to have a, you know, a 70% of above, uh, we use amplitude. So we always think of it in terms of like, are we delighting our users and are they like willing to put skin in the game and tell other people about it? As long as that usually works out most things in the business, everything else works out. If you focus on, on your net promoter score for your core product, and then AMP, uh, AMP score, Amplitude, we love Amplitude, product analytics. We say, what's the five steps of the happy path we want a user to go through? And are we statistically tracking those? And we, we, we put insane months, amounts of our own personal caffeine, energy, brain power meditations on just making sure we can get one to 10% clips in every single one of those steps on the, on the five steps of the happy path. And that's it. Everything else works itself out. Obviously, byproduct derivative uh, metrics that we look out from there are um, outcomes, biometric improvement in users over a three, six, nine, and 12 month period. The percentage of social determinants of health data that we get, percentage clip upwards week over week, obviously week over week revenue, month over month revenue, week over week user growth, month over month user growth, obviously good AR, good AP stuff. And we put these front and center in a dashboard, we make it fun. And, you know, simple enough that we can look at it on an iPad and, you know, at least two minutes post dinner as we're having dessert with our spouses, they, we can look at the same screen and our spouses are happy, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, it's great. I think uh, a lot of people have the KPI reports, but they're difficult to go through. Yeah. Um, they need to be more visual and they need to tell you what you have to change and tweak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so that's great. So um, given that we're in a health, mostly doing health club and fitness boutique deals and franchisors, do you have any uh, clients in our core halo bricks and mortar sector? Or is that something that people should be starting to think about doing with their employees and maybe even their members kind of combined? We do. Yeah. And so basically, since, you know, the employee side of what we have is basically we have this digital health engagement platform that's gamified, that's applied best to employers because it's such a clean known procurement cycle, right? But the same product can apply to member any type of group that has a fitness group. So there's so many fitness influencers that have, you know, million plus followings that just want to use like a mini private label product to manage their, their people. And they're willing to pay us 10 to $30,000 a month just for that. Right. So fitness gyms, absolutely. They have members, they want to engage them and they need to stay flexible with in-person and on, on online hybrid models as well. Right. And so if you can get those remote people showing up on the leaderboard and their Pelotons at home connected to a leaderboard. And for the person that goes into the the, you know, the cycle in person, we're connected to all the different IOT devices and we take pictures, we take video and we allow people to upload those as well. Very good social content. We apply AI against those pictures and we extract out the sentiments, not to get too much geeky there, but absolutely it applies to the fitness area. Anytime that someone could be referred to as a member community member is, uh, is where our product can be private label. And since we've commoditized or, and decentralized the gamification aspects, become something that's very consumer friendly, same thing that you can just walk into, try out the product upgrade or not for use your community. And, you know, if you have more than, you know, 5,000 members, the economics are going to work well for your brand. So. Awesome. So in closing here, you got any uh, business quotes or life quotes that you live by? Um, I, I, my number one is fear not. 
You know, that's, that's mentioned the number one thing mentioned in the Bible the most, right? Fear not. And, um, there's a lot of like talk about entrepreneur, like oscillation and like mental health and everything like that. You know what? It's in our DNA to not fear and just don't give into fear and just be brave and be courageous. You know, God loves courageous people, right? And, and everyone does everything in the world. And there's so much hoopla out there to get you to do X, Y, and Z. Most important thing for business is you know, don't fear. There's a really good Dune quote, right? The new Dune movie's coming out too. Fear is the mind killer, right? Um, that's another side. So, so people, um, so people may, may know that reference, but uh, be courageous. Life is short and, you know, we're here on this planet to help people and have fun it. doing it. And that's the, the most important thing. And if you're working on a business, that's a slog, you're doing it wrong. You know, take all that fun stuff when you're a kid that you loved and integrate that into the business. That's the number one rule. When I look at a business, I start to think like an investor more important. And I, I think about, does this guy, does this guy or gal, have they started a business where they woven in all of their passions in the business? Cause then it's not a hobby, right? Then your spouse is yeah. looking at you at night. Like you're playing, you're literally playing like Xbox halo at night. And it's just yeah. like, are you going to come to bed? Like, no, you look like you're having fun. Right. And like that's my, that's my life every day is like, Oh man, this guy looks like he's having so much fun. Like, um, so that's the way Good to do it right in my book. Awesome. Well, uh, on that note about, um, you know, doing things that are important, uh, when the players walk into the uh, U.S. Open, to the main court, there's a quote on the wall, and it says, pressure is a privilege. Amen. Amen. So, love what you're doing, man. Taking on a big industry, doing it right, starting with a white piece of paper six years in. Look forward to seeing you in person. Uh, and uh, let's get your technology reach into our uh, our core client base. And thanks for everything you're doing. Absolutely, absolutely. Awesome, yeah, Peter, this is this is great. Thank you so much. This was amazing.